I was going to tell you about how I've just been listening to like old Fleetwood Mac, but now I don't. What like I don't, the Green Era Fleetwood Mac? Like the original first so, uh, first album named oh, Fleetwood Mac. Wonderful blues album that is. It's a delightful. The one, the one with the cover of Black Magic Woman on it. Yeah. Oh. What a, what a what a delightful <laughs> musical. Oh, hang on, you're gonna like this name. Here he is. <laughs> Here he is. Alright there, guys. Hey, Hello. Max. Oh, there I am. There we go. Oh, he's wearing his oh, Packers-related merch. Well, it's a nice sweater, because I'm sweating on the state of the 2020 Packers. <laughs> oh. You can get it in early. It's nice to see. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, that's, that's how I approach uh, all facets of life. Just getting it in early. early <laughs> Get it out of the way quickly. <laughs> so, um, what time is Sam going to be joining us in like 10 minutes? Sam did say that he'd probably be joining us in 15 minutes-ish. And then he'll hop in as soon as he can. So, Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to make a start. I imagine there's a sort of, I don't know... A monitor lizard with a torn ACL there that just needs a bit of extra TLC. <laughs> a monitor lizard with a torn ACL. Do lizards yeah. even have ACLs? <laughs> I assume so. I think the ACL is sort of all footed creatures have ACLs, don't they? They have knees, don't they? Lizards have knees. They definitely have knees, but I don't know whether or not it's referred to as an ACL. <laughs> Maybe that's one for our yeah. resident animal expert, Sam, Sam London. When he shows Maybe his... the L stands for lizard. <laughs> Anterior cruciate lizard. Yeah, maybe that's what they call them. <laughs> the anterior cruciate lizard sounds like something that you'd expect to see in the deepest of outbacks. It's yeah, it sounds like um, like a dark the souls bad guy. Cruciate lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Stiff Upper Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Wand. Me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. Max, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. good, I'm shattered. I was up late last night watching election coverage. Oh, yeah, I, joy, I saw your tweets. They were, uh, <laughs> they were very doom and gloom, but to be fair, very appropriate for the exact situation that everyone has found themselves in yeah, yeah. hard not to be a, a hardcore boomer at this point isn't it <laughs> yeah a little bit I like that there's just so many different terms for things and they all end in umer like zoomer, boomer doomer, gloomer yeah. they're all negative <laughs> I think Juma. Juma. yeah that's not much better <laughs> That's negative as as it gets. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether or not we're actually going to post last week's preview show. Like, what what stage are we in right now with the edit of? See, this is the thing. I thought, I thought that Sam was editing it, but I've not heard from Sam. I'm, I, 
who is editing the podcast from Friday? I mean, I know for a fact that it isn't me because I only have about 25 minutes of the recording. So unless you want me to post just the 25 minutes that I'm here. <laughs> High 25. Yeah. Um, it might be Sam, but I don't know. Because, uh, well, I mean, I can, what I can do tomorrow, I guess. Have I got my phone on Thursdays? I can sort of cobble it together. It, to, to be fair, it probably doesn't even really need that much trimming down. Just, just whack it no. up at this point. We're all very good at podcasting, and I'm sure that whatever we put out will be music to everyone's ears. Max I is would. looking shiftily right now. I'm a professional <laughs> podcaster. Yeah, you, you actually look like very much like you know, um, in sort of all the sky coverage where they hold the mics up like right to the top lip. <laughs> you look like you would absolutely like suit one of those mics like John Motson yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like John Motson <laughs> oh. yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's a bigger compliment than saying you have a sort of Motsonian air to you well I didn't, I didn't actually get to compliment your incredible moustache but I think it is an incredible moustache so you know it took, yeah. it took me a while to grow I won't lie an embarrassingly long while and um, if I combined with Ed's facial hair, we'd have a full... Imagine Ed's beard, my moustache, and Tom's hair on one person. Oh, my God. Mm. That that'd actually, I think, probably be, like, the greatest sex appeal man of all time. Of the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd just be, like, yeah. what I imagine Lindsay Buckingham was looking like in the 1970s. Oh, we don't... Uh, Lindsay Buckingham was such an underrated guitarist. But I think we go wildly off topic if we talk about Lindsay Buckingham for too long. <laughs> yeah, very true. Sorry, I'm on a very much Fleetwood Mac hype over the last few weeks. So any mentions that I'm reckoning now are just going to be just various Mac related. From an NFL standpoint, we have news. There is news happening around the around the league consistently. God, not more news. Yeah, there's just consistent news. The news never ends. It does go to bed news. I'll tell you that the worst bit of news that I can give you is that Adam Gase still has a job. Fire that man. And not only does he have a job, but Joe Douglas recently said that he was the solution in New York. So, fire Joe Douglas. Yeah, the solution being like, you know, when you make like a sort of alkaline substitute, like solution to clean the drain. Like, that's the... I'm going to redo my, um, I'm going to redo my head coach uh, hot seat rankings. And I don't know if it's a gate of one or 32, because it's apparent that he's going to be fired. But it's also apparent that he can't, fuck up badly enough to get fired until they choose they're just holding him there yeah sort of uh yeah you know in a sort of like rolling the the boulder up the mountain kind of situation it was like sorry man it was like do you remember chelsea a couple of years ago when they had um conte as manager yeah and he he wanted to leave but they didn't want to pay him as severance so they just let his contract run out a little bit yeah well do you know what I I've been looking into the sort of comments that Joe Douglas made and the only solu- well only problem that I can think Adam Gase is the solution to is that they don't want to risk ever having a win ever again 
So, technically, Adam Gase is the solution to the problem of winning a match. So, I mean, winning is dangerous. You win one game, people will start expecting that you're going to win other games. <laughs> and that's the last... I mean, you know, Donald still in development. The last thing he needs is more pressure on him. The expectation of him to play well and to win games. <laughs> I, I feel just feel sorry for the guy, frankly. Well, I, I mean, feel so. You get paid like six million pounds dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I w- he'd like it in pounds, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for him because um, in the Jets Chiefs game, I guess we'll probably start there because that is what we're sort of on about. Um, the Chiefs absolutely blew out the Jets, but Sam Darnold came in as starter for this game after being out with sort of a shoulder injury. And he aggravated that shoulder injury early on in the fourth quarter. And Adam Gase then was like, well, we're down by 26 points. Um, The Chiefs have just scored a field goal. We're nowhere near chance of getting back into it. We've played terribly. You know what? Like Sam Darnold's shoulder injury, I reckon we can probably aggravate that some more and throw him back in for another drive. So the only reason why Joe Flacco should be in the team is when Sam Darnold shouldn't be on the field because he's hurt. And they still didn't play him for that reason. So... Yeah, I mean, which is funny because when you think about it, if your objective is to not win games, Flacco's the the Flacco's your man. (laughs) Not only not only Joe Flacco, but Joe Flacco without a running back to check it down to. Oh, they just need to. uh, I don't even know what they're trying to do because you'd think that they want to to lose as much as possible at this point. But they keep making like strange decisions, like keeping Donald in the game, and it just shows you that these teams that are bad, they don't even know how to be bad. Well, they just they trade their key pieces, uh, they trade their young stars, they sign veterans who don't fit the scheme, and it's just it's just a, like a an eternal well of complete hopelessness, and. It's um, a modern tragedy to be a, a New York Jets fan because even like the 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 Owen sixteen Browns, they were trying to be bad. They were trying to, you know, go through almost like the the whole uh, like the seventy sixers process of just burning it down to the ground, getting a load of draft stock and then rebuilding it. The Jets were trying to be good and they still ended up being. <laughs> I think they would probably lose to, to the 08 Lions and the 0-16 Browns as well. I think they are the worst team in NFL history. I agree. I think that the 08 Lions get a bad rep because they were dealing with quite a few uh, inconsequential players and possibly the worst head coach move of all time. Um, and then this, uh, like, this Jets team comes along and proves my point that... The Lions should have won a game because this is the true worst team in NFL history. I mean, I will say that Dan Olofsky safety, <laughs> that, that makes the Lions the worst team until Donald runs out the back of the end zone. No, it makes Dan Olofsky the most incompetent backup quarterback of all time. But The only Lions had Calvin Johnson, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I mean, so... like... Who on the Jets, like, you know, they they went 
sixteen, and then in 09 they they drafted Stafford. Yeah. And whether or not he's achieved anything, he's a good quarterback. So when you can build your franchise around, I just have this horrible feeling the Jets are gonna do something really stupid. They're gonna like they're gonna like run into a an Eli Manning refusing to be drafted situation with Trevor Lawrence. Well, they're going to trade down for some reason because they get offered two first-rounders the next year. They can't be trusted to do anything right now. You should say, and you should and... like install some sort of regency over the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying they should probably give it to uh, give it to Pars until the end of the season at this point. Just, you know, restore some dignity. Vince McMahon. <laughs> give it Vince McMahon, see what he can do with it. Give it gigs well until the end of the season. Qualified football operations leader, Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! We should probably briefly touch on the Chiefs. Do we have to even really? Is there anything that we can really say of note apart from that Tariq Hill went out with a sort of ankle injury? And like, I was watching the games with a Chiefs fan, and all I basically heard was. Yeah, this is just the Chiefs' performance against the Jets, and I was like, "Yep, this just this genuinely makes sense." Like, there is nothing that we can really say about the Chiefs because nobody learns anything by playing the Jets. Nobody learns anything about any team playing the Jets, and nobody learns anything about themselves playing the Jets. There's yeah. no there's no benchmark there. I don't know anything else about the Chiefs. All all I could say about the Chiefs is that we've sort of said that O line is starting to look a bit more ramshackle. Like that's that's the one thing where you could point to the Chiefs and say they're not where they were last year. Yeah. But I mean, Mahomes had time to like do a Sudoku back there. Yeah, there was only really a couple instances where Quinn and Williams was the only guy able to get through that O line. But that's because Quinn and Williams is a competent pass rusher and the Jets don't have anyone else. Yeah. So yeah, if only he'd stop taking guns on flights, he could be the kind of player they could be, build a franchise around. <laughs> Hashtag take flight. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the irony of that, the irony of the one, the player who doesn't know the rules of planes playing for the Jets wasn't lost on me at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we move on? Because God have mercy on everyone in New York's soul at this point. Well, I mean, I'm sure Sam will have something to say about that. Well, Shall we move? I fancy something along the West Coast. Along the West Coast. Well, how about that delightful 49ers Seahawks game going from possibly the least important game of the season to one of the most important? The Seahawks and 49ers matched up. And I've got to admit, I missed quite a lot of it. Did you? I did, yeah. I'm sorry. Can you was... tell us anything that happened in that game? I can tell you that the Seahawks won. <laughs> Are you doing a salmon coming in with no information? No, no, no. I'm co- I'm coming in with a lot of information about all of the six o'clock games and then the very late window games. But I basically missed the whole like half nine until midnight section because I was I was like I was busy. I know. I'm sorry. Busy or getting busy? No, I was. No, I was busy. <laughs> you wouldn't possibly choose getting busy over watching what thirty-seven <laughs> to twenty. You wouldn't choose personal, intimate relationships over 
watching Nick Mullins, would you? <laughs> I you would call not. yourself an American football podcaster? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I'd, you're absolutely right. I I wouldn't choose that at all. Um, no, I am I, I am a I am a consummate professional. I think this game, the scoreline ended up being closer than the actual game was. I think. Talking of injuries, I think the Niners had Jimmy G's got another high ankle, a different high ankle sprain. Yep. That could mm-hmm. require surgery. And Kittle's out for eight weeks, I think. Yeah. He's got a high-angle um, Komodo dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, so who's playing for the 49ers against the Packers on offense? Uh, Jamichael Jim, Hasty. Brandon Ayuk. Is Kendrick Bourne. has gone. Wilson's gone. Mostert's gone. Alexander's gone to the Saints in a trade. That happened this week. Who's the Who's the other running back for the Forty Nine? Uh, Jerick McKinnon. He's still there, holding down the fort. And I think the O line's a bit banged up as well. But the thing with this Forty Niners team is every time you think they're done, they play well. You wouldn't have thought they could sort of bounce back from that you know smashing by the Dolphins but they did and every time you think okay they're, they're playing a little bit better now they do things like getting smashed by the Dolphins so I fully expect them to lay the wood on the Packers next week <laughs> but I think this game made it clear that the Seahawks are probably the, the class above in the NFC West and that you can't really trust the the Niners, the Rams, and the Cardinals sort of week to week. See, I wouldn't say that. I have a lot of I have a lot of weird faith in the Cardinals, but I think it's just because I enjoy them. But you're absolutely right. I think the the Seahawks are the sort of champions elect in the NFC West, aren't they? Certainly, they're the ones to beat. Yep. DK then, Metcalf had a massive game, didn't he? Well, he's a massive guy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a standard game for DK Metcalf. No, you're right. I did. That was the one thing that I saw, and then I became very busy. But I did see the 49ers secondary forgetting to tackle him because he's sort of, on his sort of fifty yard like touchdown run. He went across the field and then he sort of went down the sideline. And the guy in the secondary, I can't remember who it was, that just sort of watched him run past him. And it was like, just lay a hand on him, man. Just push him out of bounds. He's right on the edge. Didn't do it. Have they still got. Have they still got Jaquiski Tart? They do, yeah, in but the... I think he's out. I think he's injured. Oh, the poor lad. Yeah. Along yeah, with... They're missing loads of starters on defense as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Alexander's gone now. D Ford has been not a great, not a great acquisition for them. I think he's been really inconsistent. Mm. She mm. was in Kansas City, to be fair. Obviously, both is out for the season. I think they're a team who can cause havoc. But I, do we think the Niners are a wild card team at this point in the NFC? No, no. I think I think the difference between with the Niners is with Salah, you can sort of always scheme pressure. Like they always get pressure through scheme, but they've lost those actual pass rushes now, which is like Nick Bosa and probably DeForest Buckner as well were 
sort of the guys who were doing it every snap last year, and they've got neither of them at the moment. Yep. You know Kyle Shanahan is below 500 as the 49ers coach? Yeah, he, if he won this game, he would have gotten two 500, but obviously they lost, and now he's sort of hovering around a 481 or whatever. He's still a top five head coach in the league, though, isn't he? He's a, he's a top five offensive coach, but then perhaps, I don't know, perhaps he works his players too hard or perhaps, I mean, there's, there's something in the water in in San Francisco that means they either only ever have players who are injury riddled or do their best to demolish talent. From the Seahawks side of the ball, uh, DJ Dallas arrived and then sort of said things yeah and then left again uh was chris carson injured is that the reason why he didn't play and we were stuck with travis homer and dj dallas i think so i i mean i have chris i have chris carson on one of my fantasies and i know i didn't pick him because he was saying doubtful or something but yeah they they are a worse outfit with chris carson not on the field but not that much worse yeah they can get by without a running game which is weird because um, it's Martin Schott, sorry, Brian Schotten. Wait, yeah, Martin, Brian Schottenheimer. I thought it was Marty Schottenheimer. Isn't Marty Schottenheimer like 80 at this point? He might be. It might be Brian. Um, A Scott, Schottenheimer. Yes. One of, the... <laughs> yeah. one of, one of the Schottenheimer dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> My family um, built America. <laughs> the Schottenheimers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. dear. Um, yeah, I mean, their offense has always been so stodgy, for want of a better word. Like, Russell Wilson makes that team good, but if it wasn't for Russell Wilson, then they would be awful. They they really would be very, very bad if they had a quarterback that didn't match Russell's skill set. Well, I mean, could you not say that about, like, most teams that have got an elite quarterback, like... Would you not say the same thing about, like, the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs? Like, if Mahomes wasn't there and it was actually Jimmy G, would you not be saying the same thing about, like, oh, but the Chiefs are a, a stodgy, bland team or something? Like, these quarterbacks make teams fun. They made the playoffs with Alex Smith. I know, but Alex Smith was a good quarterback at that point. I guess so, but then there's there's something to be said, I think, especially for the Seahawks, when you look at what Russell Wilson brings to that team, his skills make up for deficiencies on the rest of the offense. Mm. In a way that I can I mean, obviously, Pat Mahomes is an incredibly skilled QB. He's the brightest talent that we've seen in such a long fucking time. You know, even taking into account Lamar Jackson and all those sorts of things. Right, yeah. But then Mahomes is sort of sorry. I mean, Russell Wilson is a different, different kind of player. He's proven that he's a winner week in, week out, always on the field, always playing Wilson ball aside from one game a season. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. Um, I know Max has just had to pop off. So shall we get like one of the more average games out of the way? One of the less juicy ones. Yeah. Was Colts-Lions at all interesting? Not really. It was a bit of a... Um, it was a bit of a drubbing. I think the best thing was... 
um, the way the sort of the running backs committee for Indy played. Mm. Well, so Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins both played incredible games, sort of like in the receiving thing. I think Detroit just couldn't cope with those two catching passes at the backfield. Yeah, well, the Naeem Hines touchdown in particular was was a beauty, sort of taking it down the right-hand sideline and then sort of leaping in, almost pirouetting mid-air to extend the ball over the goal line. It was it was lovely, a very nice, very, uh, very nice touchdown. Um, yeah, it was it was reminiscent of sort of like a, a flopping day in Swan as he sort of <laughs> corralled the ball over the over the end zone. Yeah, well into Your the end zone. Words smithery on that one. Thank you. <laughs> He's I think, he... um Darius Leonard was back for the Colts. He's an underrated player, I think. When he first came into the league, there was a lot of heraldry around how good he was, and then people sort of stopped talking about him, but his level of play hasn't really dropped off since then. I think the the Colts are getting a bit healthier in offense. Mm. Yeah, got, they are. Um, I think Michael Pittman's coming back. Um, T.Y. Hilton is just like, he's sort of AJ in that AJ Green phase of just not being a factor at all. Yeah. Although AJ Green is now a factor again. And the Lions are just the Lions. You can't rely on them to to win a game against a good team ever. Like even if they're playing well, they've won a couple of games. You're feeling mm-hmm. good about them. They're just so unreliable, especially think... especially at home. Yeah, like, especially in Detroit. I think it's just a matter of time for the Lions. To be honest, I know they've been quite patient in the past but I think Matt Patricia is on borrowed time and I I think he'll see out the season but I don't think he's going to be back next year unless they can make a late playoff run What's what are the chances and this is a serious question I mean I think it'd be a funny scenario but what are the chances of uh, the Lions hiring Bill O'Brien <laughs> Oh Oh. Is Bill, no, but is Bill O'Brien... <laughs> <Nothingly> wait. high. <laughs> wait, Bill O'Brien's a Belichick disciple, isn't he? Yes, he is. Like oh, yep. Yeah, no, yep. Yeah. They're either getting <laughs> McDaniels or they're getting O'Brien. <sighs> Disgusting. When will they learn? When will they learn? <laughs> it's right, I'm saying that they could have had... Didn't they pass on Sean McVay? Like, didn't they have him for an interview and then be like, actually, no. Nah. We're going to stick with, um, what's his name, Dave Caldwell. Sounds lionsy, doesn't it? Yeah, it that does. Extremely lionsy. Yeah. Mm. Um, Although I, I've told this to Tom before, but I think it bears repeating, Max. Did you know that at one point the uh, the Washington football team had Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and uh, Matt LaFleur Matt all LaFleur. on the same staff? Yeah. No, I know. They're all best friends. They're all part of the new wave, aren't they? <laughs> like the rat pack <laughs> and uh were they was that yeah was that under mike shanahan it, i i think it was more recent than that you know honestly it was like i remember matt lafleur was like a special assistant to the like the like the perimeter to the regional manager or something like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um no i think um it's a bit Washington-y to, to let those guys in the building and then 
have a dispute with them and watch them all walk out and have pretty decent success elsewhere as well. That begs the question, uh, by the way. Do you know, just going back to them, sort of those three being like the rat pack of the NFL, who do you reckon that if you could name two to five individuals, who is the D-Generation X of the NFL? What? The, the, D- the D-Generation X of, of the, the NFL. NFL? Yeah. Not not coaches, but just anyone. Who do you reckon it would be? Is this a pro wrestling bit? It is, yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to sit this one out. <laughs> See, you we, never... We... We learnt from last week, or maybe you didn't learn from last week, Tom. Max no. isn't a Max isn't a professional wrestling fan. What? I have a I have peripheral knowledge, but not not at all. Who is in Degeneration X? It was Triple H and Shawn Michaels, like two of the biggest stars at the time. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Okay. <laughs> well, I assumed, and then have been swiftly put in my corner, and we'll move on. Where is Samuel Longdon? Tell you what, that that lizard better be sick. Right? It, it better it better be healthy now. Yeah. Like if it's, if he's been there all that time and the, the lizard's not better, that's just disgraceful. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. He doesn't deserve his scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> lizard scrub. <laughs> Hand back in your tiny scalpel. <laughs> right, that's the name of the pod. That's the name of this episode. Hand back in anyway. your tiny scalpel. Talking of uh, being present for a long time with uh, no improvement, you want to talk about the Chicago Bears? Or... Oh, <laughs> oh is that the question you. that you wanted to stick the knife in when you messaged me? No, no, no. That's coming later. Oh, God. Max has previewed with two questions that one of them is serious and the other one is to sort of twist the knife. Um, Stir the pot. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I'm trying to sort of guess when either of those are coming in, but so far 0 for 1 right now, which... I'm not stirring the pot uh, in the NFC North because it's going to spit hot oil back at me at the moment, so I'm going to leave that one well alone. It's all right. Um, Sam Longdon's here. We have a visitor. We've been joined. hey Hey! How's it hanging, gangin'? How sick was that lizard, Sam? Oh, like you wouldn't believe. Okay. Good to to know. (laughs) (laughs) You're actually just in time to discuss Chicago Bears. Yeah. <laughs> That's the light. Oh, I found the was here. Um... <laughs> what can you really? Yeah. I think uh, yeah. the, the Saints managed to win despite not having. Who did, they didn't have any of their top three wide receivers because Sanders is on the COVID list. Uh, Callaway was injured and something is happening with Michael Thomas um, but Alvin <laughs> Kamara is Alvin Kamara is enough to, to carry this team on his back I thought I Drew think... Brees had some real issues in the game it was all Kamara on the Saints side it was all Kamara 
Um, do you guys think? I think we should sort of propose alternate theories for what Michael Thomas is actually doing. Like, in my mind, he sort of supped some sort of Resident Evil-type liquid that is now just like a, like a bubbling eye monster. Oh, and that's cool. why the Saints are like, oh, he can't really play. Mm, my theory my theory is that he was built to be a uh, just a, a, a machine, like a reverse jugs machine. To catch the ball, and he's been he's been having receiving a, a new firmware update. Things have gone a little bit haywire, and he's out of commission for a few weeks. He's and just he's like putting him back through beta testing at the moment. He's just in some corner of the Saints HQ with like a, a bed sheet covering him and like a USB stick plugged into his head. Yeah, they've uh, they've got like uh, they 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 take his face off like in the Simpsons. Itchy and scratchy that episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the team doctor's like, I wish they wouldn't scream. <laughs> yeah. He's up like, I think. Zzz, 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 and then he's like, <laughs> we, we've reset him to factory settings, and he's like, must punch women and catch yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, here's your problem. Somebody set this thing to evil. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Sam, I'm, I'm, I'm currently just too busy upgrading our zoom plan so that we don't have to fucking leave the call yeah. and i just wanted to drop back in to just say that that is the greatest impression of whatever that character's name in <laughs> i have ever heard yeah you have the best version of that guy's voice i appreciate have, it have you guys ever seen sam's Jabba the hut no but go on <laughs> it is honestly <laughs> it is a thing of right. beauty <laughs> and masterpiece <laughs> It it won't really work as well because I have the beard. Oh, well, I think it'll be my, fine. You can't see much in, but uh... can't see your jowls. Oh, so misa uno solo. My God, I'd hate to see it if I could see your jowls. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't have much, but. <laughs> Unbelievable. Incidentally, yeah. yeah, I think the Michael Thomas is out because he drank that tonic that Mr. Burns made all the softball players drink. Oh, wait. Brain and nerve tonic. It's like a party in my mouth, and everyone's invited. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably just a bad person. Yeah, he's probably a dick. Do you know who else is a dick? <laughs> CJ Gardner Johnson, and by appropriation, our bastard of the week, Javon Wims. Mm. <laughs> who decided it was a good so idea to punch funny. a helmet? Who fucking right? You you deserve two weeks did, for the suspension of the violent act. So so apparently Gardner Johnson um, poked. Anthony Miller in, in the face <laughs> on the previous play. So Javon Wims was like, right, I'm going to get my own back here. And he, like, said he, he said that Gardner Johnson spat on him in a previous series as well, I think. Yeah. But Let's like, go to the saliva cam. Well, it was, it was Michael Thomas <laughs> who punched CJ Gardner Johnson to get suspended. So maybe Gardner Johnson's the problem here, but regardless... <laughs> You punch someone in the I mean, face mask the on the field in an unprovoked attack and you get the fucking bastard of the week. So well done, Javon Wims, you little shit. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely it. came out of nowhere. 
It was the fact like... that he, he hit him in the head and Garner Johnson's head sort of snapped around. Like, he didn't even like he came back around. He just stood there. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's happening? To do, you me know what right it, now? do you know what it was like? Do you know when like two cats are in the alleyway, like about to have a scrap, and one of them sort of bats one of them on the head, and the other one's just like, "What the fuck have you just done?" And then they get into it. Like that was what just happened. Gardner oh. Johnson turned around and was just like a very aggressive cat in an alleyway, and was just like, "Are you fucking serious? What the fuck was that all about?" Yeah. I think the, 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 like the, the, he hit him twice, and then another Saints player came around. Oh, it was Janoris Jenkins. on his back, like Aaron Donald riding around in an the alley. Middle of the air. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of Hurricane Rana from um, <laughs> Janoris Jenkins. <laughs> Max, for oh. context, that's a wrestling move. Ah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I think I it was definitely one of the weirder fights. Wait. And we've seen plenty. <laughs> Which were you responding to, Ed? Because I was just going to bring it back to what Sam's just said about him being able to do a hurricanrana. I think... Okay, I was responding to Max, but I do have a theory on Sam being able to do a hurricanrana as well. Before you say that, what Is did it? Max say? Because I didn't hear it. I can't remember. Okay. He said it was one of the weirder... One of the weirder oh, sports yeah. fights we've seen. It was one of the weirder sports fights. It was, it was like... It was like two hits and then nothing happened. It was yeah. clear punches and everyone just sort of watched it happen. And everyone was like, well, that was weird. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> what a knock. So is your, is your Hurricane Rana theory just that I would be able to do a great one? I think that you're so tall that I think that it would be physically impossible for you to like do the bit where you roll down and not hit your head on the ground. Oh yeah, that's true actually. Nah. Okay. The Unless you were time... doing it to the fucking big show. <laughs> no, but like, because I'm so tall, like my legs could get higher quicker when I jump. I don't think so... that that's quite how physics work. Yeah. Your toes I mean, could reach the clouds. So I feel like it'd be easier for me than any anyone else. The next time I see one of you in an appropriate setting, I will Horikarani. All right. <laughs> well, my point is that the Horikarani was done by someone like, you know, Rey Mysterio, who's like 5'4". Yeah. So I think I or might the be hurricane. the... I think Don't... I might be the guy who <laughs> Why... was able to perform a successful Horikarani. I can't imagine someone less likely to perform a successful Horikarani. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a bit hornswoggly. <laughs> <laughs> Back to football. Yeah, we got into ah, wrestling football. so much today. We have, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you brought up an interesting point about it being one of the weirder fights. It, does anyone know about the Malice in the Palace? Because that's remaining my weirdest sport fight of all time. That wasn't even a sport fight. That was just a normal fight that ha- happened to happen during a game of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like a street brawl that just happened to be indoors in an arena in Detroit. <laughs> Do you not know about Sammy, this, Sam? you're not aware of this. No. The Malice in the Palace took place, like, it was sort of, there were fans heckling one of the Detroit Pistons players, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember who it was or whether or not it was even a Pistons player, but it happened at a Pistons game. And sort of, after the end of the game, this player got so sick of it that he went into the crowd and just started having a fight <laughs> with, like, one of no, the fans. Was- 
It was um, it was obviously uh, Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah, of course it was. Was it Rodman oh, or Rodgers. was it Meta World Peace? Oh no, it was it was Meta World Peace, not Dennis Rodman. It was what? Yeah, he, it was it was it was Meta World Peace, and he was getting uh, pissed off with the referees, and basically the referees, like he had a reputation even at that time, and so to to de-escalate the situation because everyone was getting quite chippy with what they were perceiving to be missed calls, he decided the best way to de-escalate the situation would be to lie across the judges' table, fully recline and lie (laughs) flat along the judges' table, and then someone from the crowd cast a drink that hit him, like a a plastic cup full of drink, and it hit him, and he jumped up, and he went into the stand, and he started beating the shit out of the guy... Who was sitting next to the guy who threw the drink? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I think there were there were like multiple players involved who got like forty game suspensions. I think. So who's Meta World Peace? He's a basketball oh, nice. player. That's not actually his real name, by the way. He changed. He had it legally changed, and I can't remember what his real name actually is. But nice well, basketball is a place we don't want to go, Sam. Yeah. Mm. Um, he famous for being extremely peaceful, and one time he elbowed James Harden in the side of the head so hard that I, I thought that James Harden was actually going to have a serious brain injury. <laughs> a peaceful man, hence the name Metal World Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think about my favourite sports fight now. I'm struggling to come up with anything better than, do you remember when... Um... Lee Bowyer started on his own player. Oh, he, Lee, Lee Bowyer v. Kieran Dyer in a game between Lee Newcastle Bowie. and West yes. Ham. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's sort of one of the rarer occasions yeah. of sport fight, to, a fight between two players on the same team. I remember yeah, Jermaine it's... Beckford got into one with uh, a Preston teammate, and I was at the <laughs> game, and I was just like, what the fuck just happened? And both players got sent off. So, oh. yeah. The Incredible. self the self mutilation sports fight is uh, a rare one, but a good one. The St James's slobber knocker. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Michael Thomas, who is the Lee Bowyer of the NFL. I did like I watched a little bit of it and I think Troy Aikman watching the Chicago Bears offense was he was in a dark place, not a Jets fan level of dark place, but he was just like, you could hear it from him. He was like fed up of watching them. And when it went to overtime, and there were two punts in overtime, it was just that was that was misery. I was talking to Emma after the game, and I was like, look, I know that the sort of the Chicago Bears offense is built to sort of get offense in drips and drabs, like it's a it's a short yardage team. I was like, but any team loses all respect from me when they punt in overtime, regardless of where they are on the field. Do you know, uh, any fans of John Boyes will be very well aware of his hunt for the saddest punt of all time, and he created the uh, Surrender Index. I don't know if you know about this, Max. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Surrender Index has now been turned into a bot that's on Twitter, and and someone basically feeds into it all the scenarios, and then the bot will tweet out what the Surrender Index mark is the saints punt in overtime would have appeared in john boys's top 10 of the most painful <laughs> punts that is it was how like 99.8 percent of i think yeah it was literally like that would have appeared in like the saddest punts of all time 
and that happened twice in one overtime period. I'm going to say it's one. I think it shows that Sean Payton just doesn't trust his offence without Michael Thomas and friends out there. Or enemies, as it may be. <laughs> um, I, I think, like, it, in days gone by, they probably would have gone for that just to try and try and win the game. But the Saints aren't a high caliber, aren't as high a caliber team this year. So I think that every loss that they have really hurts them because they're not going to go 13 and 3. 12 and 4, they're going to be in the thick of, of a wild card race potentially. So I think that. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks are a better side. Cautious. Yeah. No doubt. Do you know, with uh, with regards as well, uh, Sam, you brought up an interesting point about how the Bears are the, are the imposter team in the NFL, like the Bears are sus or whatever. Um, I can't remember your exact wording for it. Yeah, but it, was a, it was a strong point. It was a, it was a very strong point, but I've, I sort of. The counter that I had is that I think the Saints are the biggest imposter because no team that has this current Drew Brees, absolutely no wide receiver, and Jared Cook as the tight end on a very dysfunctional, completely busted up locker room should be anywhere near a wild card, in my opinion. And I feel like the Saints have been sort of hanging around and they've claimed wins where they shouldn't have done like the bears wins i think have come in in circumstances where their defense has helped them win the game and there's no denying that they have a great defense but the saints to me are the bigger imposter right now i don't think that either of them are playoff caliber teams but i think that the saints being they're six and two right now aren't they the saints after this win, or is it five so. and two, something like that? But have, is it the Saints who haven't played a divisional game yet? Yes, it is. Yeah. So that's that's. Oh wait, no, they played the Panthers. Yeah. Oh yeah, they played the Panthers. Yeah. They and the Bucks, the Bucks as well. Twice, yeah. What did they already play the Bucks? They played them once, uh, right at the beginning, because that was like the Tom Brady no, the going. Brady and Super- Breeze. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Did you know that Drew Brees is the only NFL quarterback who's beaten every other team? Uh. Wait. Who's Brady? You not think it. The Patriots. No, but oh yeah, because Drew Brees obviously will have played them in in San Diego. Yeah. Ah, I see. Hmm. I see. Yeah, no, Max is I... going to find that like Chad Pennington did it in 2005 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Josh gonna... McCown has played in enough games that that might be possible, even if he didn't win most of them. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen a game that Josh McCown won? Can you can you honestly sit here and say, I remember uh, yeah, Josh Yeah, I recall McCown there game. was a classic Arizona Cardinals versus Minnesota Vikings game back in the day that Josh McCown won. Yeah. <laughs> A last yeah, second touchdown, right. which I believe knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs and let the Packers in. I believe it did. Well, maybe also. I'm just imagining that, though. Oh, yeah, no, I know exactly which game because that's where Paul Allen's uh, famous call of. Oh, it's wait. not Detroit. Yeah. This isn't Detroit, it's no. the Super Bowl. Paul Allen has been through the ringer, <laughs> I would say. So the, the Cardinals one that he had is the one where it was like. <laughs> Touchdown! 
No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was watching a video about it. It was uh, it was like commentators in pure disbelief, and obviously, like you remember the Saints when they yeah. were playing the Jags, and there was the no. He missed yeah. it. That one was there, but the Paul yeah. Allen like this is in Detroit. It's the Super Bowl one was. Yeah, the, that yeah. was that was the Saints. That was the Tracy Porter pick on uh, yeah. Fox. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Allen. I think he's been through enough. He deserves some nice things like um, <laughs> that Brett Favre Hail Mary. Yeah. And uh, the Minnesota Miracle, but not too many nice things this year. To be just enough to be getting on with. Well, the the thing that's the thing. One, honestly, this is genuine. One of the things that's upset me most this season is that Paul Allen hasn't said Stefan Diggs enough because he says it like Stefan Diggs, like he really like <laughs> makes it Stefan, and I miss that. <laughs> that was the real reason why you were disappointed that you went to the Bills, isn't it? What? Because I wouldn't hear Paul Allen say his name so much. Yeah, it was something that I was thinking about. Yeah. Shall we move over to some more actual football games? Yeah, well, I mean, since we're here, should we do the Minnesota Green Bay? Go on. Let's do it. Let's get it out of the way for Paul Max over there. <laughs> so I think first... um, it's always easier to win a game when you have the officials on your side, isn't it? So... I don't know how... You... No, 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 wait. I don't know how you as a Green Bay fan has the nerve. Oh. In, his, in his fucking ivory tower there being like, Look at all you poor people. What? This is a ground floor flat. Have you ever tried recycled cheese, you poor bastard? That's the, the, the Green Bay Packers approach. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I'm not having. Honestly, if, if you, oh, I was try, I was I was going to be all magnanimous and be like, actually, without Dalvin Cook, we wouldn't have had a prayer, but. Well, that's not the. You never get any listens being magnanimous. You've got to lower yourself <laughs> to like the lowest common denominator. Start firing <laughs> shots like baseless shots. <laughs> well, you're telling me we're like in a few after a few years of this, we'll be like Fox News. <laughs> yeah, that's ideally the trajectory you want to take. I'd be okay to occupy that space. <laughs> the resident wolf blitzer. Did you know that's the name of one of the uh, yeah. Fox hosts? Yeah, uh, he's a CNN. <laughs> Sorry, is he on CNN now? Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. What a shame. Um. um yeah, this game. It, it was weird, wasn't it? It was a. It was a strange game to watch, in all honesty, because it just felt like two offenses that couldn't be stopped and two defenses that couldn't stop. In anything. the first half, there was like four meaningful possessions. Yeah, it was touchdown, like, touchdown, it was like touchdown. A 10 play touchdown drive, 15 play touchdown drive. And it was basically a case of who can can the Vikings stop Devontae Adams first, or can the Packers stop Dalvin Cook first? And I think the sequence where the game flipped was Aaron Rodgers through. I mean, it was quite obviously a lot of teams were dealing with uh, like gusting wins. So this might have come into, into play. But I think on fourth down, Aaron Rodgers chucks a long bomb down into the end zone and uh, Equinemius St. Brown jumps up. He gets both hands, the fingertips on the ball, and it slips through. They turn it over on downs. And then I think the Vikings went up two scores after that on the long Dalvin touchdown. And I think yeah. I said it when we were talking about the preview of this game. 
when this Packers team gets down by two scores, they just don't look capable of coming back. Like, when they get behind the eight ball, they just suck. And that was the case again. I would go along with that. I think that, um, why have you, why have you changed my name, Tom? <laughs> look, we're all, we're all clearly on the time, uh, <laughs> occupying the Fox <laughs> News house with stupid names. Okay. Oh, okay. Can I can I create my own name if we're doing? Yeah, go for it. All right, thank you. Can I keep mine as Dalvin Schmuck? Yeah, I was about to change yours, and then I was like, wait, no, Dalvin Schmuck actually works. (laughs) Uh, Why? Why are the Packers so kind of? Why does the fire immediately go out once they get down by a couple of scores? Like, is it just how the play calling changes? Is it? It's hard to say. It's it's just like it's it's always like the level of swagger they they play when they when they're winning. They play with a swagger, and I think it's really important uh, when Aaron Rodgers is just like in rhythm and he's hitting his guys compared to say last year when he he wasn't in rhythm and they were really struggling. It was just a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just night and day, like like the offense goes in the tank and, and the defense can't stop anyone even when they've got a lead, so mm. I'm just laughing about Ed's changed his name to Rance McFadden. <laughs> and it's the greatest name. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Max was given a very astute point about the Packers <laughs> like crumbling under pressure. And I was just pissing myself over Rance <laughs> McFadden. <laughs> oh yeah. god! Yeah, the other, the other, I think the other point of note from this game is that the Vikings literally have no one left at corner. Yeah, no, um, they lost Cam Dancer to a really a concerning injury. He went off on a backboard. Yeah, didn't he? and he was admitted to hospital. That was that actually wasn't the worst one because um, he he they later sort of said, "Oh, he's all right," but. One of one, of, I think, is it Mark Fields tore his ACL? Like our backup, backup, backup corner. Mike Hughes is out. Halton Hill is out. Cameron Dantzler is out. The only healthy cornerback we've got left is Jeff Gladney, and he's been dreadful. He did not have a good time <laughs> against the Packers. No. I think um, the Packers' defense is a real problem area. Like. Mike Penn's like six, seven defensive back schemes are just not good enough against the run. And I think I think the Packers are still gonna win their division and probably quite handily win the division. But they can't be taken seriously as a contender because they're gonna come up against a team who just knows how to exploit this defence. And yeah. we saw it last year. They they just if they mean if they lose to the Niners, the depleted Niners, um, on Thursday, I think I don't think the outlook is very bright. I think you're looking at them as as the kind of team who'll possibly win a playoff game, but doesn't stand a chance of of getting into the Super Bowl. Don't worry, Max. There is some news regarding this game and why it might not even happen this coming Thursday night. It might be pushed back to a Monday evening game. Uh, The 49ers have actually shut down their facility due to uh, COVID. So they are... They are taking their precautions, but also the Green Bay Packers, I believe, have also had a positive test as well. So we could be potentially seeing this mm-hmm. one coming through to Monday evening football. 
Yeah, I think it was actually one of the refs that was in the uh, sort of the Green Bay on the Green Bay team. Oh, yeah, he got, yeah, he yeah. got COVID. Oh, was the team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, no, I think well, AJ Dillon was test, uh, tested positive, and then obviously they had to hold out uh, Jamal Williams on the five-day close contact list, and because it was Thursday night football, the Packers were looking at going into it with uh, just a practice squad running back and Tyler Irvin, who was basically just like a like a gadget like motion guy mm. um but that's so all right though because as we've seen the chicago bears like to run gadget offensive guys on on every fucking fourth down so maybe you'd have been all right <laughs> why why are you coming for the bears i'm coming for cordero <laughs> patterson again i'm so sorry Irvin is like half the size of cordero patterson <laughs> it's true <laughs> but the, the, the thing is that and i think this is a, a fairly true point was that if that was like carolina they'd be like suck it up you play him but because it's green bay they're like oh we might push it back for you then no they're not they're only pushing they only might push it back because of the niners that's the only reason i mean the more daylight the packers can get from this game then the better be, i think you can wait to get school nice with some if... some molinomics thanks for the analysis there from racist oshithid <laughs> an irishman yeah, <laughs> that's as ethnic as they get at Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> or like a ginger? No, they would never. Have a no, before. no, they wouldn't. This is television, Max, not radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Shall we? Uh, shall we move over to a game? I mean, Max wanted to mention the wind, so I want to go to Raiders Browns, where the wind was oh so strong and oh so brilliant in delaying every kick and pushing it wide left we set this one up as a shootout I think we all sat here and were like this one measures out to be a shootout doesn't it but yeah. I think the elements were pretty terrible They're not in the wind but it was like raining and snowing it just looked like a bad time <laughs> like not you just want to go home at that point no I'm sorry I, I... They could pay me a fraction of what they pay them, and I'd go out and play it because I enjoy it. Like, I'd get broken into a million pieces, but <laughs> there, were, there was a. I, this game really annoyed me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but there was a weird lack of effort plays from both teams. Why would you be interrupting, though? Because, like, we're already on it. You were already making your point. You'd be interrupting <laughs> yourself about the game that we were already talking about. Like, let's just. Yes, sir, I'm was, sorry to I interrupt. If you felt like I was interrupted halfway through to tell me about the new the, the latest updates in the IPL. That would be <laughs> Halfway through talking about Cleveland, Oakland, talk about oh Cleveland Las Vegas. To talk about Cleveland Las Vegas. <laughs> well like I yeah. guess so. I guess so. And I'm I, but like yeah, there was a stupid lack of effort plays from both teams. And I know that the Raiders and the Browns, so I know that there's always gonna be a sense of these guys are meatheads, but like why can you not play 60 minutes in bad weather? Why does it have to be a big deal? Do you know what? I think uh, along with the uh, lack of effort plays, I think that this might have been one of the worst called games I think I've seen for goal line officials because there were three very legitimate, perfectly fine touchdowns with good angles all called off because of uh, like incomplete passes out of bounds. Like, especially the one with Henry Ruggs, where there is definitively both feet down, inbounds. There's an angle that shows that there is a line of grass between 
toe-and li- uh, white line, and the officials still said, nah, you're all right, that's no point. Like, the goal line officials clearly did not have fun in that weather. Uh, and no. to be fair, I didn't have much fun watching it, aside from those plays. I think both both of these teams, I think, in their ideal world, want to be like, and for the Browns, they definitely are, like, run-heavy teams. So you'd hope that this would be the kind of match, you know, if you're the Browns, you want to make yourself like a run-heavy team, and your whole thing is going to be, we want someone to come and play a playoff game here in miserable weather, so and we'll just run the ball down their throat and just beat them up. And this did not bode well for that at all. Like, especially coming off a decent, a very decent performance last week. I think the Browns might have been the most disappointing performance other than, well, even the Titans. Well, the Titans didn't exactly just score six points of these things. Yeah, it was uh, It was definitely one for... <sighs> yeah. It was definitely the most lackluster One of those where you just bury the ball and you want to move on to the next week, really. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, the amount of the amount of balls that must be buried under that turf. <laughs> it's like a ninety percent topsoil with like ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think actually, I think the only the only stadium that has anything like a, the number of balls buried under the Cleveland Stadium is um, the Link, which obviously still has Daniel Jones's soul buried somewhere in it. <clears throat> Around about the twenty. I think it was Why? actually a ball that came out of the turf, wasn't it? That tripped him up. <laughs> <laughs> the turf monster is actually just a giant football. Yeah, it was just Chip. Ke- it was one that Chip Kelly had buried in like two thousand and like twelve or whatever. <laughs> The, the ghostly t- hand of Eli Manning. <laughs> the time capsule. The, the time Has capsule it- of the link. Has anyone got eyes on Adam Gase at that point? <laughs> He's, you know, you know, in Harry Potter, where Snape just sat there like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there right now because I feel like I always need to bring it up. Um, I can't tell you how much I dislike Harry Potter. <laughs> You just you don't like Harry Potter because yeah you don't, he doesn't like Harry Potter because he doesn't like J.K. Rowling. No, I don't like Harry That's Potter. Oh, no, I hate J.K. Think... Rowling too. No, right, we I don't all hate J.K. Rowling. I hate J.K. Rowling. Don't get me wrong, but I think at this point, like people still put Harry Potter as like one of the greatest pieces of fiction, but like it's not. It's not. It's a fucking kids' I mean, book. I don't Read think, a different I book. I don't think it's. I don't think anyone's arguing that it's one of the greatest pieces of fiction. Oh, but it's, you know, it's believe fun me, it's Sam. It's time. No. Yeah, she's not. She's not Proust. The mo- by that same Proust. Proust. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what are you calling Proust? Proust. I what? thought it was Proust. <laughs> it's Marcel Proust. Um, Proust. Put your goddamn hand back down. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> back down it goes. <laughs> okay. For the for the listeners, me and Ed are just being very silly with the raise hand feature on 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 Zoom. 
put it back what, on. What game is up next? Uh, should we go to Rams Dolphins? Oh, oh. what a weird game! The Mammal Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I'm I'm happy for Tua. He may not have played, you know, out of this world, but he got a win. I think that's important. In terms of confidence and where it leaves them as a team, and uh, the like, the defense and special teams like dragged them kicking and screaming through this game. You and can't the... win when you turn the yeah. ball over that many times. Yeah, yeah. No, this this was like the the thing that I kept thinking was how hard Joe Burrow had to work for his first win. And how little to a Tango by Lower Yeah. It's like it's like almost like Frank Grimesian. We call him to a Tonga by Lower the Homer Simpson of the NFL. And Joe Burrow yeah. is fucking Frank Grimes. Well I don't need a helmet because I'm to a... <laughs> <laughs> Oh Immediate CTE. <laughs> did the Rams outgain did the Rams outgain the Dolphins for like 350 yards and yeah it was yeah. it's one I think and it's the biggest how year. many points uh, it was 28 to is 28 was to 14 13 around that yeah ballpark it's going to be like 8 or something and I'm going to have an egg on my face <laughs> <laughs> There can't be that many instances in NFL history where a team has just put like just outgained the other by that much and just been blown out of the water entirely. Jared Goff, the worst part is the worst part is is I I genuinely think that there are going to be games like this. Like Minnesota have a game like that every year. Yeah, where you just (laughs) outgain, outperform, out like. Almost yeah. do everything Chicago except Bears have a game like that every week. <laughs> <laughs> the the team that makes me think, yeah, that's that's is the sort of like 2010 Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I don't think the Rams are quite at that level, but they have only basically beaten the NFC to this point. Yeah, and it's they look. Good. I think they they pass the eye test most weeks, but they just don't have it, do they? Like Jared Goff's not going to drag them to any hard fought victories. No, I think the Rams are one of these instances where everything is set up to be a really, really good team based off of what we've seen, and then like Jared Goff goes in there and kills them. Like I've always been critical of Jared Goff. I've never rated him, and I think that giving him that size of contract is going to kill them long term, because nobody's going to want to take it off their hands because he's 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 wank. I mean, there are they financially they're already killed long term. I mean, oh god, yeah, have, a bit. They have two of the highest contracts of all. Like Todd Gurley, they're still paying him a ridiculous amount of money to play somewhere else. Same for Robert Woods. Like, this is a team that is built on quicksand yeah like it is that bad i i 
it's a fire sale in LA at the end of the year. On honestly, that if you've actually looked into how bad things are for LA, it is worrying. Mm. Mm. They're still the worst team in the league. Aren't the Saints like a hundred million over the cap next year? Oh, cribs! I thought the, the cap's coming down <laughs> to like a hundred and seventy-five million. Oh yeah, I think the Saints it's... are like two hundred and eighty million or something like this. It's absurd. And well, it what are they going to do? What... Sorry, I was going to say it reminds me of what Belichick was talking about this week in terms of how the Patriots sold out. They got three Super Bowls. I mean, it's excuse making a little bit because it's not really as much of a. It's not like in baseball, like when you sell out, you win a World Series, and then you don't have your farm system anymore. It is a case of like, you know, you should be able to refresh year on year. But I think it is becoming increasingly a model where teams do try and maximise their their window rather than just mm. dragging the window out. And well, I think the yeah. Rams and the Saints, and definitely the Patriots now, are all in that kind of phase of like, if the Rams and the Saints don't win the Super Bowl this year, then they're going to have to just pack it in and start it over next year. Which will be easier for the Saints because well, Drew Brees is probably retiring at the end of the year, and uh, mm-hmm. the Rams are just going to be stuck in, in the sort of mire, I think. Yeah. I mean, if the, if the Saints want to get rid of players, just send Michael Thomas around. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's the guy that keeps on leave. <laughs> oh, no. um, have we have we discussed the game in any great length? I suppose we've spoken to her and we've the game. slagged off the Rams. Okay. I mean, the beyond that, on. yeah, yeah. Does it deserve any more of our time? To be fair, I think... we I think like we went into enough detail about this game. It, congrats to yeah. her and. Rams sort your shit out in future, and the Dolphins. The Dolphins are now not only above five hundred, but they are second in the AFC East for like the first time in what feels like two decades. So and the Bills haven't looked particularly inspiring in the last few weeks. No, they've not. We could potentially see the Dolphins win the AFC East. God oh. have mercy on us all. I'm, I'm gonna have to see something from Tua. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've not seen anything from I have not yet seen anything from Tua, and I'm rooting for him because I think it's a great story. And we all, we all saw what he could do at Bama, but yeah, we're gonna need to see something before we start talking about the Dolphins as a proper playoff team. So you do not think just he's actually Fat, just put Fitzpatrick back in? He's actually shown the greatest skill an NFL quarterback can have, which is weirdly locking into wins you had no right to win. Well, QB like, wins are the most important stat, obviously. Uh, the only stat that a quarterback should be judged by. So, um, yeah, off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's what I'd take away from this. But well, have, you, have you ever seen a player play worse and come out with a win? Like a player so intrinsically no, important mean, to a team? Yes. I mean, equally. All is, of the Steelers quarterbacks last season. That's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You could have. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's got the rest God. of the season to imprint on people like a baby duck. <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we move over to? Ooh, Max, give us a game. Uh, well, are we going to put off talking Steelers Ravens any longer? Or I mean, I was. We could talk Bengals Chargers. Two two pretty close games there. 
Do you mean Broncos? Wait. Yeah. Do you mean Bengals and Chargers? Okay. I mean, I'm happy to talk about Chargers Broncos because. Or Bengals Titans. Ooh. No, fuck it. If we talk about Bengals Titans, I can ask my uh, pot stirring question. Go for it. Which is, if you were building a team, an all division, if you're building eight all division teams for the second half of this season, so you're just picking the best players from each position within each within one division and creating the, the team out of them. In the AFC North, is Joe Burrow the quarterback you'd pick? Mm. Is he I... the best-placed quarterback for the second half of this season? I actually, Not in terms did... of winning, but in terms of play. You know how you said that this was a pot-stirring question? I actually... I don't... I don't yeah, see I this don't as such. I think that this is a serious question. I think I think I would genuinely consider Joe Burrow like the most talented in there based off of the abilities that he's got right now. I think that I, Lamar I think Jackson you're all forgetting Lamar Jackson was MVP. No, but, I I know, but like people have got film on Lamar Jackson and and I just I, we'll we'll talk about his performance in a bit, but like I. I can't emphasize how much Joe Burrow is important to that Bengals team, and so if he had an O line, do you think Joe Burrow would be offensive rookie of the year, or do you think Justin Herbert would be? I think one Justin should be, but I don't think it's Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was um... like, Justin Fields hasn't even entered the draft yet. <laughs> <laughs> not just the quarterbacks award, I, man. I, th- I think if Justin Herbert continues to play as he has, then it would be hard to make the argument for Justin Jefferson ahead of him. That's true, but then you you could also say if Justin Jefferson plays the way he has, it'd be hard to make the argument for Justin Herbert ahead of him. No, but like yeah, Justin Herbert... Yeah, if he Herbert's plays like, like... Goes against the Packers, one catch, 12 yards, it's hard to turn that down, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's alright. Not every week he's gonna have to line up across from Jair Alexander anyway. I'm talking like we won the game. <laughs> 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 no, no, he is very impressive. But I, I love watching Herbert and I love watching Burrow. I think mm. when you think about quarterbacks like Baker and like Darnold, who even Josh Allen, who get touted as being like the next big thing, but you watch them and you're like, it's just not it, is it? You know, it's not like watching Patrick Mahomes enter the league and throw for 50 touchdowns. You know straight away when a quarterback is going to be a proper star. And I think Joe Burrow could be that sort of all-pro ceiling type of player. I think the Bengals are coming on leaps and bounds. T. Higgins is a great piece as well. Mm-hmm. I actually. Question about the head coach though. Zach Taylor. He's just and a he bit wet behind the ears, isn't he? Well. Yeah, he's baby McVeigh, basically. Yeah, I I was thinking about this because I've I've been thinking for a long time. You know, who do I actually think Joe Burrow is like? And the sort of like the Drew Brees comparisons, and that's fine. But I, he actually does remind me more like Carson Palmer. Which is a strange thing to say because he's 
essentially the heir elect to Carson Palmer and Cincy mm-hmm. if you don't count Andy Dolan, which no one does. So like Or Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> or Ryan Finley. <laughs> or AJ McCarron. Or John Kitner. <laughs> <laughs> no one counts John Kitner in anything. I don't think John. I don't think John Kitner's wife counts John Kitner. Harsh um, on Kitner. So go on. Well, I mean, he was part of the 0-16 Lions. Um, he was he injured for was. almost all of it. Yeah, well, maybe he shouldn't have given up on his team. <laughs> <laughs> did Matt Th- Did Matt Stafford give up when he separated his shoulder? No. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow Joe Burrow, and Carson Palmer. <laughs> Joe Burrow could be it, but I think that oftentimes I think what we've we've become so blessed by young quarterbacks making it straight away and playing really, really well. Whereas there is absolutely Sam piss off. I see you. Oh, I would. I was just going to say that's a great, uh, a great segue into you know some Danucci chat. <laughs> we'll go Danucci after this, I promise. But I think that historically players used to get far more rope than they get now. Mm. Like, I'm happy to just see how Joe Burrow develops. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about him in like hushed tones. I want to be like, oh, this guy's fun. Yeah, no, I, not... I agree. Like. The the only reason to me why Patrick Mahomes has been as composed as he's been is because he sat behind an experienced head for a year and got the chance to learn the ropes. I feel like there's a lot to be said about teams that have thrown their quarterback to the wolves immediately as opposed to these teams that let them sit, let them let them learn a little bit. Um, I have a feeling like that's what the whole plan around love is in Green Bay. Um, I have a feeling like that's the reason why Doug Peterson refuses to take Carson Wentz out of the game because he's wanting to do the same with Jalen Hurts. Um, there's a lot to be said about these sit-for-a-year kind of guys, but when you've got a guy that's performing the way that Herbert and Burrow are doing, you've got to sort of keep the fire hot while it's, while it's there. And to me, Joe Burrow uh, has... This, this game in particular shown exactly why the Bengals took him number one overall. Now for the Titans, their pass rush is awful. Yeah. They released Vic Beasley now. Clowney hasn't done anything since he got there. That's I mean, Derek Henry again is <laughs> every time I watch a Titans game, it might take a little bit of time, but at some point Derek Henry just becomes like an unstoppable force of nature. Yeah. And you just the Titans need their defense to be good enough to to keep games within the area where they can just run the ball and just control the game. And without that, they can't ride Henry as much as they would like to. Well, and that is what's going to be their Achilles heel. I think that the the reason why the Bengals were able to basically get the win here is because the Bengals biggest weakness is their O-line and you put any amount of pressure onto that O-line and it crumbles immediately but when you've got no pressure whatsoever and you let Joe Burrow basically do what he what he does and Houdini out of situations and cork the ball 25 yards downfield in 
like a matter of no time at all like you are going to get carved open by a very promising talent and it's a great point that you mentioned about how the titans don't have any pass rush because that is the reason why they lost this game it 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 was the fact that they didn't have any pass rush whatsoever that is the bit that you have to exploit with the Bengals, otherwise you're going to get blown out of the water by them. It's true. I will. I do like Harold Landry, but he seems to be having a very down year this year. Mm. Is I almost feel like he's like a, a complimentary rusher because he's so speedy, but he's not like a power guy at all. Like he will just bounce off bigger tackles. He's like the. You can't put him as your feature pass rusher. He needs to be. Someone you can bring in on third and long mm. just to yeah. bring extra duress. And the Titans, do you guys hear this? The Titans are like the worst team since they started recording it in terms of getting off the field on third down. Yeah. They just can't. <laughs> they just can't. And when you can't get a stop and you fall behind and your strength is in run and pass action, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. What's, what's just before we move on? I'm sorry. The Titans interest me. We don't talk about them very often. Um, what's the what are you guys' views on whether trading away Jarrell Casey was a good move? I think it wasn't a good move. I feel like they've they've lacked um, th- just that little bit extra, and I feel like Jarrell Casey is the sort of guy that could potentially have brought that, and he he fit the scheme in in Tennessee for sure. You're absolutely right. That's um, what I was going to say too. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so, Max, you you have a choice because it is the last game that you're probably going to be here for. Where do you want to go? Uh, you know, let's go Steelers Ravens. Okay. It was the game of the week after all. I was hoping that you'd say that because I was going to suggest <laughs> it myself. Um, so the the Steelers beat the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson probably had his worst game as a Raven, aside from last time that he faced Pittsburgh. Um, the, I think that the stats for Lamar Jackson are actually like some of the best in the NFL in terms of sort of interceptions, in terms of like touchdown runs and passes. Uh, like on average, I think he's got like some of the best yardage totals but then you when you factor in his games against Pittsburgh and they drop to sort of right in the middle and it's because Lamar Jackson doesn't know how to deal with the Steelers front seven and he got picked off on the third well yeah um he got picked off on the third pass of the of the game by Robert Spillane who was a complete nobody coming into the season, really, outside of Pittsburgh. I mean, I can guarantee that none of you three would have heard of him, and to be honest, if it wasn't for... You haven't seen my Robert Spillane fan tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> think about that in the future. <laughs> Chilane with Spillane. Um... Yeah, the Spillaniacs we call ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was just... Lamar Jackson struggled all day, Um it it definitely wasn't one of his better things, but even still, the Ravens were able to move the ball for sort of. I mean, they outperformed the Steelers by I think it was like four hundred yards to two hundred. They basically did everything except put the ball into the end zone, but they just sort of let the game fall away from them. I think the Steelers just 
they just can't not play a close game. It's like what you say, the Steelers get one blowout a year and the rest of them are going to go down to the wire. And I think Lamar definitely threw this game away, but he also made plays that kept the Ravens in the game. And they could... I mean, it came down to the last play and they could have won. They definitely could have won. But you don't trust them to be able to consistently pull out these wins against great teams. And I think... Yeah, I mean, talking of, like, one-sided yardage, I mean, the Ravens did dominate the Steelers on the ground, and the Steelers really didn't have many players rack up big yardage, and that's what the Ravens want to do, and that's who they want to be. So the fact that they managed that and still couldn't win against someone in their own division, I think that's got to be quite concerning for them. Yeah. Because the on the defensive side of the ball, the Raven uh, the Ravens played a very good game against the sort of basically any look that the Steelers gave them, except one in particular. Um, but when the Steelers made their adjustments, the Ravens didn't quite deal with it enough, and that's why we sort of saw like the Steelers come back into the game and then sort of make that turnaround at a point. Because I I messaged you Ed, I was like, Ben looks rough this game. He doesn't look. Like anywhere near, he did look rough. As he well. he did look <laughs> very, did. yeah. He he looked poor, and the Steelers made this adjustment, and it was basically to take the running back off the field and go for like these two different bunch formations, and just have Ben in the huddle call whatever he saw, and you take the play call and responsibility away from uh, Randy Feekner, and I think that you went from the Steelers having like sort of two for five quarter and then like something even worse at some point and then it was like they went 11 for 14 with 179 yards and it was like well maybe that's what we should have done and I can see that both of you have again changed your names to something because you know you've got absolutely no argument when both of your teams are sat on one and five well one and nine and two and 17 so as far as I'm concerned like Keep on rolling, baby. Keep on changing your names to whatever you want. But oh, it's not looking good for either of your franchises right now. Nah, at least we mm. still have our dignity. Mm. Yeah. I don't know whether or not, as a Giants fan, you had any to begin with. <laughs> and then for the losingest hey. franchise of all time, I don't know whether or not you had any either. There's only me hey. and Max who are sat here smelling like fucking roses. Shut the fuck so you, up, yeah, bitches. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Man, so you, you're going to you're going to side with a Packers fan. Yeah, I am, yeah. Because at least the Packers have won something. You know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw something out there, Tom, because I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not. You know that us four actually have no... We, we I'm not actually in control of how the Vikings do. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any... This is the, this is we the weakest argument that anyone ever says, because people do it all the time. <laughs> And it is the weakest <laughs> fucking argument I've ever seen. But honestly, that's, that's telling on yourself a little bit, Ed. If you had the willpower, you'd be able to control how the Vikings did single-handedly. And like I wouldn't Tom change Tom. a thing. With a More outside zone, please. <laughs> <laughs> More outside zone. Covering and winning a Super Bowl players. And sitting yeah, in it like Professor Xavier. Delvin! <laughs> 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 All three of you. 
I think all three of you said a mean comment at the same time, so all I heard was Professor Xavier. Just the fucking wave. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like Talking like of the phone on Jerry. of abuse, um, Ben Roethlisberger is a bit of a gay manager now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I hated that segue, but I also fucking loved it. That was one of the worst, greatest things I've ever seen. No, I cut that one out of whoever's editing this. No, no, it's staying in. It always stays in. These jokes remain in every time. Mm. Um, the what if we fast forward to our hang on what, what oh, did you say Max oh. no I was just going to talk about American football actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was say that, uh... it's okay I was going to make more Ben Roethlisberger jokes so please continue I prefer oh, to, no, that, I, to be fair I mean I'd rather hear someone talk about fresh things than like the 20 foot carcass of a horse in the ground but you know <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about James Conner like that. <laughs> just terrible. Yeah, the 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 Ronnie Stanley injury was awful. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was a broken just... ankle and a torn ligament, isn't it? Oh, is that what Ooh. happened? Oh God! It's like a it's like a serious sort of injury, and I mean, it was like a day after he signed his hundred million dollar extension. Yeah, he Ooh. he looked like. You see players in pain on occasions, but you don't see them react quite that that basically fucked. And yeah, it was it was hard watching to yeah. be honest. Uh, get well yeah. soon, Ronnie. Because um, you don't you don't want to see people. Can we send him a car? You don't want to see people going. Can we send him a new ankle? <laughs> he can have Sam's working one. Guys, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm gonna... oh yeah. I'm gonna have to shoot off now because M's not feeling too good and T needs to get it done so okay. I will see you all I will see the two of you that I see That's regularly okay. the next time I see regularly Max it has been an honour and a privilege you're a gentleman and a scholar you're welcome back anytime oh thank you I'm sure I that you'll probably be back as a divisional rival of two of our hosts you'll probably be back four times a year eventually I'll just be like a prop you guys bring in just to fire abuse off it's all right. That's all Sam is. Is that role? <laughs> a sort of cruelty. Yeah, habit, that's so. what's taken, my guy. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. Wait. Well, I guess I have to be the compliments guy then. Yeah, you will. You'll have to be the guy that brings us back on track with actual praise at some points. Positivity. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. All right then. Well, bye, folks. Yeah. See you later, Ed. Oh yeah, Ronnie Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Heartbreak. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Seven and I, looking pretty. We've been here before with Pittsburgh. It's like uh, you hold your breath until they get into like the AFC Championship game. I don't like, know. I think they they'll probably get there, but it's not easy to win. That is true. It is it is not easy to win, but I think when we've seen it before, it's been a team that's been sort of heavily stacked on on offense, especially in the sort of killer bees days. But the defense was always like a letdown. I remember one particular game, which which um, basically ca- summarizes this perfectly. It was a game against the Cowboys, and I think that Ben Roethlisberger threw for over five hundred yards. He had like four touchdowns on the day. 
scored with a minute left to go to go ahead and it was like a 42 to 41 game or something and the Cowboys went down the field in that minute and won the game and it was like that was where Pittsburgh basically were and it was the same against the Jags same against the Chiefs we've played teams before that have sort of been able to match us a little bit on offense and and we've we've not really been able to cope because our defense has been poor this is this is where we now get to see the test of does defense win championships because the Steelers I think have only had five better performing defensive units in their history and all five basically yeah but all five have gone on and won Super Bowls four of them in the steel curtain and the other Mm. one was in 2009 which was that uh, Cardinals won so we'll have to wait and see um, so I'm hopeful that Steelers Chiefs AFC Championship game oh god yeah it just <laughs> that'll, that'll probably be like it could potentially be one of the most heartbreaking or most incredible games of my time watching the NFL to be honest however way it comes you- down you're going to get that, and the NFC is going to get the Cardinals versus the Bears in the championship game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> That'd be a good one. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm off as well. It was okay. A pleasure chatting with you guys. Yeah, thank uh, you very much for joining us. Again soon. For everyone that... I mean, that as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're always welcome, my guy. Um, for everyone that doesn't know what where you can catch old Max over here, Gridiron Extra, Max. That yeah, way we're going to send him? Yeah. Yeah, Gridiron Extra <laughs> for loads of lovely football content. Yep, and, and you can uh, go check out everything that Max writes at uh, HTTP, uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash grid, uh, Extra <laughs> without the E dot com. <laughs> Probably forward slash like authors slash Max Saito or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, very. Oh. Coming in soon. Or... Oh, we lost you for a second there, Max. Oh, well, you're absolutely for several seconds. So uh, this is me <laughs> signing off. Okay. See you later, Max. <laughs> later, Pleasure. big dog. Bye, guys. See in a bit. Every day, one man must sit on the floor in some pillows next to a clothing rail in a spare room while his colleagues sit on a comfy bed with appropriate seating for just 200 pounds in total we can get this man a chair and a table so that he can podcast in comfort and not need to stretch his groin every week please please pledge as much as you can or as much as you really want to to this poverty stricken boy and help him afford a table and chair. Please go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal. Thank you and please donate what you can to this unfortunate boy. Thank you. This has been a message brought to you by the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. If you would like to know more, please visit our website. Thank you. Right, and then there was just me and you, Sam. Which, remember <laughs> what happened last time that it was just me and you left? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Are we going to be able and to we get? We still have actual games to discuss. We do. This is this is a worrying sign. Shall we just rattle through <laughs> the rest of them as quickly as possible and get to yeah. the real content? Well, we, that. we have. Yeah. Uh, Patriots Bills. Uh, wait. Patriots Bills, Chargers Broncos, Cowboys Eagles, and Buccaneers Giants. Uh, I say we end on Buccaneers Giants. Yeah, I think I think that's a solid point. Should we go Patriots Bills and get that out of the way? Yeah, sure. Did you watch it, Sam? Yes. Or read yes it? Fantastic. Uh, the Patriots dynasty has come to an end. It's deceased. Yes. <laughs> I am very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, God. I'm. I'm interested to see how they kind of manage this come the draft, or at least the off season. Mm. Kind of what parts of this team are actually going to remain, and because there's there's not really anything here. It's you know just stumbling along. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, Cam Newton has looked sort of crocked all all year really yeah which is disappointing teams. it was a it was a it was an interesting prospect mm. kind of him at the patriots but uh, not not in practice <laughs> <laughs> no no it definitely wasn't and to be fair outside of the first sort of four weeks that the bills played they've they've looked really sort of off their game like yeah they, they picked up the win here but it wasn't a convincing win again it, and it was yeah just, uh, it it didn't endear any kind of, you know, positivity. Oh God, no. you know, I doubt any, I doubt any Buffalo fans will feel kind of good about their future, regardless of this win. Kind of, especially after starting on such a high note. Yeah, um, and Josh Allen seems to have sort of, I don't know whether Regressed. or not. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. weird. I think that them not having a running game is really starting to hurt them right now because Devin Singletary yeah. hasn't been great. Um, Zach Moss hasn't been all that special. They need a, a definitive running back, and to be honest, I think that instead of the Chiefs going in for Le'Veon Bell, I think that the the Bills could have really utilised him. Yeah, but unfortunately, short a drive as well. Yeah, very. <laughs> you wouldn't have even had to have moved. I'm sure he lived in a like Manhattan <laughs> paint, uh, penthouse. He had the money. Um, yeah, uh, Patriots dead in the water. Bills aren't dead in the water, but and, I mean, I don't know what's happened to them. But yeah, um... yeah. I think they'll accomplish nothing of note this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bills have sort of struggled to be a great playoff team, and have struggled to really have an impact going forward past sort of... Yeah. They either collapse right at the end or they make a last da- uh, last gasp rush right at the end. And this year just feels like they might be heading for a collapse and it's going to be a bit disappointing. But at the same time, the Dolphins might end up getting first place in the I AFC East. All for it. Yeah. They might not even have to have Tua Tungavailoa playing well. They might just be able to ride his... <laughs> His little fucking wave in the defense, bumbling his way to like (laughs) an (laughs) AFC championship. I mean, in fairness, that's pretty much what happened in both of the Ravens Super Bowls with uh, Joe Flacco at the helm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chargers Broncos, Sam. 
this is a game that unfortunately I didn't see much of, so I'm relying on you a little bit here. <laughs> I red zoned it. Uh, yeah, I didn't show much of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 Chargers again blew another late lead. Is all I is all I really caught of it. Justin Herbert again played his bloody socks off, and then yeah. the lack of a running like game. If they could. Yeah, if the running game was any better and they could kind of pull out some more defensive stops when they really needed it, but just completely unable to when, you know... When it counts. When they've got a lot of points on the board. Yeah. Yeah. They are they are heading into Falcons' territory. I think that they are averaging <laughs> a sort of 18-point lead over their last five games, and they have lost all of them. Like they are, yeah. they are in genuine trouble right now of heading into Choke City, population two. Yeah, are they are they just kind of blinded by by Herbert and how kind of astonishingly well he's playing? Is that like masking how bad they are as a team? I yeah. think it might genuinely be because I mean they're getting out to these leads because Justin Herbert's throwing them into them, and then yeah, when you get to the sort of position of right, we've got a clock managed now. We we've got this position. We probably shouldn't be throwing the ball in case we get like Herbert hurt or we get a or we get like picked off. Like yeah. we're ahead. Let's just sit on this lead. And it's the moment that they say right, let's sit on this lead that they immediately become a complete <laughs> mess of a team. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as they set their sights on something, they become completely unable to accomplish it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um and. From the Broncos' perspective, I mean Jerry Judy had a had a pretty good game. Uh, Albert Okwegbenim, I'm gonna say his <laughs> name like that and hope that I've not completely butchered it. Uh, both had good games. Drew Locke started out very poorly, but did at least throw some points on the board at last. And yeah, I just I don't know where I stand with the Broncos. I don't know where I stand with the Chargers. Both teams are going to be sort of bottom dwellers for the for the year, and the the AFC West will be well delighted about it really, especially if you're a Raiders yeah. and Chiefs fan. But I don't really trust that these two teams are going to get many more wins on the board this year. Yeah. Um. Right. Cowboys Why? Eagles. Which is another oh, mess of a game. Rolling around in the dirt. Oh God. This might you know have what? been the worst game of American football I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I was I was expecting worse from Ben DiNucci. What there did he some, show you that some... gave you any hope? Well, just there were, there were some drives where he managed to string together. I mean, it all came to naught, but maybe with a, a stronger offensive line and if he I mean he, I don't think he's you know the kind of guy that's got gonna get much playing time if they can help it and especially down the line when Dak's healthier you know why would you but like I mean just typical rookie stuff like holding onto the ball too long not really being aware of where a sack might be coming yeah but you know the, it wasn't all bad see to me, the only set of players that I think can be remotely happy about anything that happened in this game is the Eagles' D-line or maybe the Cowboys' secondary because 
Yeah. Wentz threw some bad picks. Yeah. Wentz took some bad shots. But yeah. the Eagles D-line got home, I think it was like six or seven times under Nuche. They stopped yeah. the run. The, it was a game that neither team deserved to win, and that's pretty much where I stand on oh, basically God. anyone in the NFC East this year. And it's going to be a travesty <laughs> that the Eagles will make the playoffs again this year because, my God, there's nobody to challenge them in that division. <laughs> what a mess of a division. Yeah. Like, maybe sorry, Sam, maybe but... it should just be kind of quarantined for a while and <laughs> like they can they can sort everything out. Can we make them just... play in a bubble and everyone else gets to play <laughs> like regular football? <laughs> yeah, they play each other 16 times a season. It's the only way. It's the only way they'll learn. Yeah, it is. And even then, I don't think that they'll learn. It'll sort of be like what happened with like Scottish football when the Premier League formed, and it's now just like a complete <laughs> mess. Like everyone just else is ad- like a diseased limb. <laughs> everyone else has advanced like forward in time, or or advanced like <laughs> with some actual talent, and these guys are still stuck in 1981. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. The rest of the NFL has like moon boots on, and <laughs> NFC is wearing like a burlap sack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear, wearing loafers. <laughs> but they can't afford loafers, so it's just two pieces of bread hollowed out. <laughs> but it was. Oh, you you wouldn't get that bread if you were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a um, there's a comedy sketch that uh, might genuinely be one of my favourite comedy sketches of all time, and it's like four Yorkshiremen sat around a table and they're all like smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and stuff and they're all like talking about their childhoods and it was like oh um if there's all sort of say like one of them will say something like when i were a kid we didn't even used to have a we didn't even used to have our own rooms we used to sleep in a, a single room with 17 other families and then other one would just go 17 17 other families that were lucky that we used to sleep in a hollowed out fridge in the in the drive of a of a of an old estate manor. Old estate manor. They were you wouldn't even know you were born and stuff like that. Like, and they just keep going more and more ridiculous. And I think that that's what the NFC East is. It's those four yeah. Yorkshiremen sat round a table describing their uh, experiences as childhoods yeah. and just getting more and you more degraded. I I kind of wish that I mean. He wasn't playing well, but I kind of wish that Dwayne Haskins had been given more of a chance at Washington. Like, when you're in that division, you don't, like, it's not like you have to reach such heights to still be competitive and still hang on. And, like, surely there, of all places, like, you can be afforded the time to really try and kind of embed a player where your other options uh like peg leg and a nobody <laughs> peg leg and a nobody can we rename the entire washington football team to peg leg and a nobody <laughs> <laughs> oh my god All right shall we move on football where next we've got one more game left sam Give us your thoughts on Buccaneers Giants. Um, I it is 
astonishing that we couldn't win this game. And I think it's astonishing that kind of, you know, no one will have been looking forward to this kind of on the Giants. No one. But to catch kind of this Buccaneers team on a day when they couldn't really get much going and look like they were kind of faltering, which, and like the, the, the Giants defense, I think, kind of is the only even vague upside to the Giants at the minute. They seem, you know, fairly confident. They're not as, you know, I was going to say wildly fluctuating as the as the offense, but that implies that the offense was sometimes good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The ground game was a bit more impressive this week. Uh, Wayne Gorman had a few decent runs. Dion Lewis is looking, you know, like he could do some things for us. But Daniel Jones just kind of the interception was incredibly poor for someone that's started in what 20 games now yeah like you need you just the 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 interceptions that you make you'd expect of you know a rookie which you know it's not long since he was a rookie but so many games come down to his poor decision making and yeah, just just some of the throws he was making. It was very odd, like open receivers. And I think, was it the interception where Darius Slayton was completely wide open? Yeah, it was Darius yeah, Slayton had gotten been... free and he was like, if Daniel Jones had hit him in stride, yeah, uh, he had like 15 yards of open down. field. Yeah, But he held on to it too long, lost the opportunity, yeah. ran back into the O-line and then threw like the laziest floater directly at Carlton Davis. And it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he has to be better. And he's not like learning these lessons that he has to. Yeah. But, you know, if, if, if the Giants don't go all in with him or kind of approve to have been, you know, had their faith misplaced in him, you know, where does it leave them? Kind of with a a team without a real ground game, although it's improving. Uh, you know, O line that's fallen to shit, and a quarterback that you know can't produce against teams that are having a day like the Buccaneers have. Yeah, because basically the Buccaneers played as poorly as I think I've seen them play all year. And the I, the thing that struck me most about Daniel Jones's performance wasn't just the like terrible interceptions because like that's two appalling reads out of an entire game and like you can maybe yeah. maybe overlook them slightly, but it was how many deep shots did he overthrow? Because oh. every single time that there was a guy who was clear of his man, I mean. Poor Darius Slayton and poor Sterling Shepard got clear of yeah. the like really, really off Buccaneers corners, and Daniel Jones would sort of overthrow them by about four or five yards, or end up throwing it out of bounds. Or, in fairness, the touchdown that Golden Tate hauled in just before the end of the game was probably oh. Daniel Jones's best throw, but it it was yeah. also Golden Tate 
making the play. He had to work hard. He had to work for it. And it's like, you can blame sort of Evan Ingram's hands or whatever for like having the most drops in the NFL this year. But Daniel Jones has to do a better job of hitting his man appropriately. And it was the, it was the issue that I had with Mason Rudolph last year. It was, he doesn't seem to be putting it in front of receivers. They always seem to have to come back or they have to dive out and lay out for everything. And it's like, Oh, come on, Daniel, just, (laughs) <laughs> make a play it's not hard to score a touchdown in the NFL if you can get the ball into the right area yeah I mean like the 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 receiving core isn't bad it if it had someone that was you know capable. mildly capable yeah then you know it'd be a different story well but... the best Darius Slayton game came in a game that Eli Manning played to get back to like a 500 win record or something so it was like Darius Slayton can get beyond players and make space for himself and get the separation and he can make plays on the ball but it's only when a quarterback who knows how to drop it in a bucket can actually get it to him and I don't trust Daniel Jones I think I would rather have seen Jameis Winston out there for the Giants because James yeah. would have thrown the same picks as Daniel Jones, but he'd have at least also had five touchdowns by that point. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Jones at this point is kind of you know he's like those kinds of players, just without the potential ceiling. Yeah, or at least like if it is there, it's 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 so rare that he manages to reach those heights or produce at that level that it's almost kind of you know, worthless. Yeah. And I think he's going to have to work pretty hard to kind of convince the Giants that they can stick with him and really kind of, you know, make anything of themselves. Yeah. Um, from the Buccaneers side of things, uh, they didn't really get too much going in their own, in their own regard. I thought Ronald Jones had a bit of a, an off game. I don't understand why yeah. Leonard Fournette is a receiving back now because... He's not actually <laughs> that good at catching the ball, and he's not really that yeah. good anyway. Um, yeah, Scotty Miller he had a was quiet. Game running, but... yeah, 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 pretty decent game running. But to be fair, they also yeah. like as soon as Ronald Jones like fumbled um, when he, in yeah. fairness, he should have just stayed down. I think that that's his yeah. His I issue. think that was silly. Um, but but like. I didn't really get too convinced by the Buccaneers, really, but I don't know whether or not that's because like they only had Mike Evans really to throw to. I mean, Scotty Miller's a mid, yeah. a Brady target, but he didn't really have much to do in this game. I don't know whether or not we'll see like a different outlook from the Bucs next week now that they've got Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, you can only hope so. Well, I I, the... I I know for a fact that I don't have so Antonio, I hope Antonio Brown's back out of the league within like days. But... Well, yeah, I mean it it'd be good regardless of you know new players and whether or not they're pieces of shit. Yeah, it'd be nice to see them kind of continue to look as good as they have because you know they were playing great football mm. and. But you know, maybe, maybe this is a kind of start of a little slump. I don't know. I don't know what their games are like, kind of coming up. 
So they have Saints at Panthers, Ooh. Rams, Chiefs, bye week, Vikings at Falcons, <laughs> at Lions, and then at home to the Falcons. So they they have a they have some winnable games in there, and then they have yeah. some non winnable games. I think that they make the playoffs comfortably, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think that's beyond doubt, but, but kind of how well they can perform once they get there, kind of. Yeah. You know, if if any other, you know, competitive team in the NFL would have come up against this Bucks team on this day, then I think it would have been, you know, a, a shoe in. It. Do you know what I think the the most sort of frustrating thing about the NFL this season is is the fact that. In the AFC, you can pretty much predict which teams are going to beat who. And there are definite bad teams and there are definite good teams. And you can sort of see these matchups. But in the NFC, we're seeing games where, for no reason in particular, a team will play (laughs) like absolute horseshit. Like, it happened to the Packers against the Bucks. The Packers showed up and were absolute horseshit. And then it happened to them again against the Vikings. We saw the Buccaneers do it just now. We saw the Seahawks <laughs> do it against the Cardinals. We saw the Cardinals do it against the football team. We saw, like, the Rams did it against... Well, the Rams have shown up and played like horseshit against quite a few teams. The Bears, who at one point had the number one spot in the NF, uh, NFC, lost. Um, the Saints have looked like horseshit. I don't know who in the yeah. NFC... Because there was a time where... It was only a couple of years ago where the AFC was like almost on its knees it felt like where there was only like one or two good teams and then everyone else that was good was in the NFC now Mm. we've got the NFC West which have all obviously performed very well but they've won most of their games against the NFC East and obviously there are the Seahawks who are very good undisputed very good and there are teams that Mm. will be very good against basically other teams but then just will occasionally (laughs) just have like an awful day and it's so frustrating yeah. to watch because how do you pick that yeah i mean yeah i'd be i'd be interested to see how the playoffs play out because it's you know there's teams you know like the buccaneers that you know it's fairly you know yeah i think they will comfortably comfortably make the playoffs mm. but you know whether they'll have any kind of real success postseason, I'd be interested to see. Yeah, I'd I'd also be interested to see. Um, and I think that might be us done for the games, Sam. Hot diggity dogs. Oh, yeah.